it like 98 felt like Gatsby where you were just like, this will never end party, party, yeah, party. And like yeah, yeah, 2014 yeah, yeah. and 2015 now kind of feel like that. Like we were all like comparing what is this dress blue and white or you know, gold and whatever the fuck white um, and gold or blue and black. Jeez, yeah, 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 yeah. Nick. That, that was like a, a main, that was like, Laurel. <laughs> that was <Yanni>. a main, <laughs> Laurel. that was a main story on the today show. And then now it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. Everything's burning. <laughs> Wow. It was just saying that out loud. That was the main story. You're right. No, 100%. Yeah. And then now it's like, hey, the like, dresses take over the nation. <laughs> What's the color you see? That was a that was a headline on a main news magazine show in 2015. And now it's like shrug emoji. Like everything. Did Donald fire. Trump take nuclear codes to the hotel room? Probably. <laughs> Whoop. Does does the my pillow guy know the secret <laughs> codes? That is where we are now. We're men. Okay. That means a few things. Men sometimes have strange motives for the things they do. But we are still proud. For if a man loses pride in manhood, he is nothing. I'm a man. I'm sensitive. Confronted with their true selves, most men run away screaming. Isn't this a strange conversation for men who aren't crazy? You make me want to be a better man. Oh, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Welcome back, everyone, to the Better Men Film Club podcast. I'm Dave. Hey, I'm Nick Flora. And this is a podcast where we use the lens of film to dissect, explore, and challenge the messaging and social conditioning that men have received in the last century, both positive and problematic, all in the hopes to be better. Oh, I didn't put the uh in there. <gasps> no uh this week. Oh, oh my. How's it's this going to go? <laughs> it's quite a move. It's quite a move it's to remove the uh. It's quite a move, yeah. I didn't think um, in all of all the ways to attack the uh that we're trying to do, I never thought just remove it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I don't need you, uh. No. Um, how you doing, man? How's your week been? Um, It's been a week, you know? I it don't... It's been a week. I don't really know how to how to encapsulate it. I was talking about this today with a friend. I had coffee with a friend this morning and was was talking about I don't know how to how to answer how are you? And I don't mm. know for two reasons. I don't know if you have this with small talk, but like I don't know if they're being nice or they genuinely want to know. I mean gauging on who it is, you know? Yeah. So sometimes I'll just say, like, you know, uh I mean what you answer know. what what answer do you want? You do. And <laughs> it's either that, it's either that or um I'm like, in what way? Like, in like ex- ex- existentially, <laughs> like physically. What kind of reaction do you get to that? Like, if someone's like, "Hey, man, how are oh. you?" Go in what way? <laughs> it, it usually gets the <laughs> usually gets blank stares. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, it. I I genuinely can't bring myself to be like, "Good, how are you?" I can't just do that. And a lot of that is because I've done all this like work on myself to try not to be. F- like a fake version of myself. Yeah. I just trying to be as authentic as possible. And I honestly don't have any, any relationships in my life where I have to be, you know, I don't have a job where I have to be fake. I don't have any job where I, you know, I don't have any kind of thing where I have to have like a put on kind of a, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, a different version of me, which there's nothing, no judgment around that. I just don't have that. And so when people are like, how are you? I'm just like, do you really want to know? And also like, do you want to know how I am? Like spiritually, do you want to know like where, how's my walk with Christ? Like, where are we? Um, <laughs> because there's only one footprints in the stand. Wow. What? <laughs> so what'd you get for making fun of the Lord? Hey buddy, welcome into, 
Damn it. <laughs> How are know. how are you with small talk? Are you can you just snap into it, or am I a freak? I know I um I can I don't enjoy it, but I I do have a job where I there's like water cooler talk and stuff sure. like that, and it's not in an effort to be fake or because I don't like the people at that job or anything. And honestly, for me, I like when I'm at work, the stuff I have to do is the stuff that I have to do, and so I don't do a ton of like. Well, let me get out and just stretch my legs and go down to the water. Like, I don't like that necessarily. Mm-hmm. So people are like, hey, man, how are you? I typically respond with like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Which which is kind of rude. But um, and then I have like, but it's kind of like perp, like I'm purposely shallow because but I guess I avoid small talk, really. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't engage in small talk or I have people that I'm like, hey, I'll be real with you. And people are like, hey, man, how's your day? I'm like, mm-hmm. it's not good. <laughs> Bad. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's my biggest fear is that somebody will answer with, uh, not great. And I'm like, Oh, do we have to have this conversation now? <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to get past you to that thing over there, but yeah. okay, I guess we'll now have this. You're conversation. standing in front of the fridge. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why, uh, my dad was in ministry for many, many years and a lot of old backwoods, Arkansas churches and stuff where there was just a ton of old people. Um, and so he was like, he, he taught me early on. I remember saying like, Hey, when you see somebody and you don't want to talk to them, just say good to see you and keep walking mm-hmm. because then they feel seen. You don't ask them a question. Um, cause like, how are you? Is such a, like, yeah, we think of that as just a colloquialism, just kind of like yeah, yeah, throwing yeah. it out there, but some people will answer the question. <laughs> by the way, same. I, I use, I totally use that by the way. I also use that when I'm meeting people. Because I've totally said nice to meet you and then had my wife tell me later, hey, we've met them like four times. We had dinner with them last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your mom, Dave. Say, yeah. So I say the same thing now when I'm introduced to someone, I say, hey, good to see you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, instead of nice to meet you because mm-hmm. uh, I've, I hate the way my foot tastes. I know that that's happened to me so many times. Um, especially because like, I mean, I used to tour and people used to bring me in like once a year. So it was like a, house shows or whatever. And I forgot, I would literally go on and look at the Facebook invite and be like, okay, I kind of know that person. Okay. This person, I, I would just look at their names. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. like, I have not seen these people in a year and they're going to be like, Hey, I've been listening to your CD all year. And I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Right. No memory of your existence. Um, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, <laughs> follow us on Instagram. Um, is this? I like that we can have a deep discussion about small talk. Um, let's dive into it. That's kind of oxymoronic. I, I have a personal question for you. Is that David. a word? Oxymoronic. It is now. All right. We can we, we can put stuff on Wikipedia. Put it now. in the dictionary, we Webster. Can on, we can put it on Wikipedia. Put it in, in your sight. stupid little book, Webster. Hey Dave, shut up. Uh, we can put the. <laughs> hey Webster, yeah. hold on, Nick. I'm making a dictionary <laughs> joke. Hey Webster. All the boomers that listen Who, to our podcast are going to love this one. <laughs> when did you marry Miriam? Because I don't remember that bitch. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. No, um, you can put things on Wikipedia that we said and cite this podcast as a source. That's a fun fact for people. Did you um, know, by the way, that President Joe Biden's feet are made of bacon? That's true. Put it on Wikipedia. There it is. That's Done. That's all you need to know. Yeah. That's why people are so, and also his feet are named Brandon, which is why everybody's <laughs> so excited for him. Fun fact: they're actually being supportive <laughs> when they say "Let's go, Brandon." Um, oh, that's great. Uh, I have a personal question for you that I have been meaning to ask you for like months. Wow! All right, 
And maybe maybe you can answer it for me. Maybe you don't even know the answer. Oh, man. There's something about you. Personal question about me that I may not know the answer to. This is the best question set up. Yeah, I I honestly there is a good chance you don't know the answer to this. All right. Well, it's the on. etymology of something. I'm going to I'm going to dance I, around. Why did I think you were about to say edamame? <laughs> it didn't fit so, into the context. Here's at the all. question. It's the edamame of it all. Here's Sorry. the question. Edamame, yes or no? Um no, uh so you will respond in text very often when you're saying like like cool, it sounds good. You will say shibby. Yeah. S H I B B Y. Yeah, yeah. Where shibby. does where does shibby come from? Okay, I so I'm not sure about this. See? I thought that it was well. I think this is true, but I haven't rewatched this in forever. I say this to everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone asks me where it came from, and I for the longest time was like, I don't know, man. You know, like shibby. Like I here's the I, thing. It sounded to me like something that uh, Polly Shore would say. Totally. So like I was like, you know, shibby. I was like that like so and so, and I kept trying shibby. to think of who says that, mm-hmm. and I couldn't find it. What I think it might be, and I haven't seen this movie in like a decade, is Dude, Where's My Car? Um, oh. I thought that there was a scene in that where they would do like, they had some weird handshake or something, and like they would end it with, or when they did the handshake, they would they would go, shibby! I don't know if that's real or not. I could That could okay. just be a thing from my brain. I just looked it up, and yes, it is from Dude, Where's My is Car? It? There you go. I they could say, totally They lie. say, dude, sweet, shibby. Also, I, could, I just go- Googled, dude, where's my car? And the people always ask section. <laughs> Did they find the car? And dude, where's my car? <laughs> I honestly don't remember if they do Fantastic. or not. Do you remember? I don't remember at all. But I do remember that that movie was like a cultural phenomenon for a second. Oh, it really was. It absolutely was. You know who else? Uh, I don't think he's in that. But there is. I don't remember. I don't know why there's a Chris Pratt connection in my brain to Dude, Where's My Car? He's not in that, is he? I don't think so. I think I'm remembering there was another, like, it was a predecessor to Dude, Where's My Car, I'm pretty sure, that was like, it was this really dumb, 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 dumb movie about these guys. I saw it, dude, so long ago. And it was about these guys that get pulled into, like, an alternate dimension or some weird vortex or, like, another mm. planet. I can't remember. But it was very Dude, Where's My car It was It was Chris Pratt and one other guy. Um, okay, and I just remember going like, "Hey, this one's actually fun." Like that one guy is actually funny, though. I need to look up what it was. Um, was it around the same time? Sure, I really don't remember now. Um, I don't think I'm making this up. He was in a movie called Wieners. Did anybody guess Wieners? Did anybody guess <laughs> Wieners? The first thing I remember seeing him in was the show Everwood on the WB. I don't remember anything before that. Um, maybe it was after that. Dude, where's my car? Was like two thousand. Keenan Thompson was in Wieners. Oh, top build. That's weird that he was in Wieners and also um, what's that? Bur- uh, Good Burger, because both of them are. It's not weird. Anyway, Jenny McCarthy. I could totally that. be making this up. I don't see a movie that Chris Pratt was in. Wieners is Keenan Thompson, Jenny McCarthy, Daryl uh, Hammond. Nick, yeah, Wieners sorry. are. <laughs> Wieners are it's Keenan Thompson, Jenny McCarthy, uh, Daryl Hammond, and Zachary Levi. What yeah, it is looks this like movie? in the cover of the DVD looks like the cover of Waiting. Pull those up side does, by side. It does. <laughs> you know when like somebody who's like the seventh build in a movie gets famous later and they re put out the the cover with them on the cover like they're they're yeah, a, a yeah, star yeah, of yeah. it. Um, that's always funny to me. Uh, 
Netflix is really sneaky at that. Actually, Netflix they does a are. great job of weird album art. For the longest time, Parks and Rec, the cover of Parks and Rec, was Chris Pratt with the army of ninja children behind him from his TV show. From the and last the season? Cover. It was like a giant ninja, a, like a regular sized ninja and a bunch Johnny of children Karate. ninja. And yeah. you're like, is that? That's that's So someone who's never seen Parks and Rec before, that's the thumbnail? Yeah, so it was basically Wild. Cobra Kai. Okay, literally. that's cool. We can't wait to watch this Cobra Kai type show. Um, By the way, I say shibby at least two to five times a day. I know. Like I say it every day to people. I'll say it to people. I text back. It's a shortcut in my phone, by the way. The reason I do that is because I type SS space bar and it types out shibby for me. That's how often I was doing it. And I think it's kind of hilarious that I just locked on to yeah. something that like no one has. Like I've never even met anyone who's like, oh, dude, where's my car? I could tell everyone I made it mm-hmm. up uh, and they would believe me. But it's just mm-hmm. such a weird thing to have held on to. Yeah, that is weird. I had a thing for a while where I would leave the room and I would say, I need ice, which is from a deleted scene <laughs> of Almost Famous. Why? Why? I don't know. Is that real? Yeah, it's real. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. There's you would a... literally leave a room and say, I need ice? Yeah, I was dumb. I don't know. By um, yourself? Because there's a scene, there's a deleted scene in Almost Famous where Russell and Penny Lane are trying to sneak off and have a little little nookie time. And she says, I need ice. And by then, nookie time, you mean they were going to listen to uh, the biscuit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. She put on a red baseball it's cap so backwards. Penny Lane. Oh my God. Well, she's a fan of the music. Yeah. 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 She was like, it's just one of those days. Will. <laughs> <laughs> and Fred Durst is like, Oh shit. Um, and no, but she says, I need ice and then leaves the room. And then Russell kind of like comes leaves later and then they make out in the ice machine room or whatever. I don't know. It was, huh. a, you know, like when you quote really not quotable parts of movies that you love and people are like, wait, what is that? And you're like, it's I do nothing, do that to myself nothing. very often. Like there's that that's my version of filtering is like I do have either quotes that aren't quotes for movies. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Stuff like the shibby thing where it's like, that's not something people say um, sure. or like a. Uh, a, a movie that I think is too obscure or a part of it that I remember this too obscure that when someone triggers it, I will just like under my breath or when I leave the room or set, like even when I'm listening to a podcast, if someone pops up and says something mm-hmm. that like triggers a movie quote, I have movie quote Tourette's. But I don't know what that is. I think like I used to say Cosby Sweta a lot, just like <laughs> from High Fidelity. Like you just like yeah. when I'm by myself, I'll do it. It's so it's so yeah. weird. <laughs> a Cosby Sweta. Yeah, um, some of those just feel good. They have a good mouthfeel, the phrase. You it's know? fun. It's just fun. Yeah. To, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else does this. Is, is this relatable at all? It's just um, you and me, man. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you and me have locked into something that no one else has but literally ever felt or done. I have friends. I mean, listen, dude, I disagree okay. with that because recently I, yeah, I was found... joking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, tell me. Recently you found what? I didn't mean stop talking. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're so deadpan sometimes. I get really up in arms. Um, I'm sorry. No, but uh, you know what? What asinine back of the, like not even in the front of people's minds, like wasn't even considered to be written as a funny line that I think more people quote in our generation than anything is from old school is the like, I don't think we'll have enough time. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. That was one of the first things so, that I said on our Marco I know. Polo that I was just saying. And I was like, and I, because I don't know what that is, but there's a generation. I've said that before on stage and people like erupt. They get excited. It's and crazy. Like, I, I think it speaks more to the fact that I think Will uncovered in that movie when he did that. Like 
like a, a next level, like a Jerry, if Jerry Seinfeld's observational humor mm-hmm. is level one, this is level 10 where he's like, you know, people always say like, this is such a common thing, but it was something that literally no one had ever stopped to think of because I use it all, all the, the time, time because the time. I'm always saying to people, yeah, I don't know if we'll have time. Like, I, it's I, such I, a, I, and as soon as I go, yeah, I don't know. And I just like, I pause as soon as I say, I don't know. And then I have to put my hands on my physical. I don't know if we'll have time. I don't know if we'll have time. <laughs> Maybe Bad Bath and Beyond. I don't know. How I don't even go. think he does that, but I have to do it. No, he doesn't. <laughs> that, and I, I used to quote that all the, I used to quote with a group of friends. Like we used to quote every single line in old school. Like it was fun for us to sit around and watch old yeah. school and, uh, quote and, and quote every single line along with it. And that was what we considered to be fun. Yeah, um, no, we did the same thing with that and uh, that one you, and Nacho Libre. Yeah, another good one too. It was around the same time, mm-hmm. but like when, in in old school, when Sean William Scott from aforementioned "Do Where's My Car" uh, shoots him with the dart or whatever, and he's like, "You're crazy, man. I like you, but you're crazy. I like you, but you're crazy." Yeah, I didn't it's remember incredible. what that was from, but I say that all the time too. That's yeah. "Do Where's My Car." Yeah, no, that's uh, old school. Um, old. Oh, that's right. Right before he passes dude, out like a rhino. The more I, the more I think about it. Old school is is kind of a perfect comedy. It's incredible. It really is. I'll say the only one that I think beats old school out for Can perfect comedy. Can I guess? Yeah, go on. Step Brothers. Yes, sir. Mm. Yes, sir. I thought about that last night. It's perfect. There's not a bad scene in Step Brothers. There's not no. a dull moment. There's not a there's not a dip. Old school is really close uh, as well, though. I think it's similar and. Given the subject matter, I think old school had every opportunity to not hold up like you yeah. like you kind of like Van Wilder where you rewatch yeah. it later. And you're like, ah, but they actually did a pretty good. Like, I remember you can watch it and get a little creeped out about how bad Vince Vaughn's wanting to hook up with a college girl. I know. But then like he has his whole moment and he's like, this is crazy. You're so yeah. young. Go home to your mom. Yeah. And he just walks and you're like, oh, OK, like these are. Mm-hmm. These are just guys. They're well, not, even even Luke Wilson's character. Like they, when they get to that moment, they're like, "Oh, I don't want this," you know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, um, it really does a good job. Step Brothers is like, wait, just wait, wait, an absurdist. Go on. Wait, 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 wait. Waiting. Okay. No, Strong we're talking. About, we're talking about old school. Um, <laughs> same joke. Um, <laughs> is Alicia Cuthbert? Remember when she had her moment? Yeah, she's in old school. She sleeps with Luke Wilson's character. Is yeah. it later revealed that she is underage or is it later revealed that she is his boss's daughter or both? Which one is it? Do you remember? It's later revealed that I don't know if they say her age, what they, she, it is his boss's daughter. She says, she says she has to go to school and he thinks she means college and she doesn't. Now that if I'm remembering that right, actually. Do we need to look that up? Because that would be the, oh, the biggest, no. oh, wow, this doesn't hold that up. That would be huge. Also, it was brought to my attention after last week's Clueless episode that we didn't mention the fact that uh, Josh and Cher get together and she's in high school and he's in college. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is I don't she know. a senior in that even? I think I think she's supposed to be a senior. I think she's supposed to be 18, 17, 18. But, and he's like a freshman in college because she mentions like, oh, freshman's back from whatever. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of a gray area. I definitely was 18 and was dating my girlfriend who was 17. I don't know if that's a problem. I know there's all sorts of, I was emotionally 14. Does that help? Yeah. yeah. It varies also from state to state in the U S like, I don't think I remember asking my girlfriend, Alabama has the same rules that New York does. Yeah. True. Good point. But I remember asking her and she was like, this is so stupid. No, we don't need to break up. Also, y'all were like good Christian virgins. That doesn't matter. It's not illegal to date someone. It's illegal to have sex with them. Yeah, but we made eye contact all the time. (laughs) True love was waiting, Dave. Um, Uh, True love does wait. Yeah, it waited 
throughout my entire marriage because we were not in love. (laughs) I will not leave that in, but that was for you. (laughs) I want my kids to listen to this one day. No, I don't. Well, holy shit. I'm conflicted. That's so good. I wonder about that with, with Alicia Cuthbert though, in that movie. And I don't know if it's even online. I just Googled is Alicia Cuthbert's uh, character underage in old school. And it gave me a bunch of weird, why Hollywood won't cast Alicia Cuthbert. Are we saying her name right? Yeah, I think that's right. I'm trying to think like how problematic is it? I need to watch it again. I saw it not that long ago. It was on like TBS, the Superstation, and uh, <laughs> it was shocking how engaging it still is. And there's a scene at the end where Will Ferrell has to do like a a ribbon routine, um, in, in like a gymnastics ribbon routine that is one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen in a movie. I don't even it's, remember that. It's because you know how they have to like they have to do something. They have to prove to the dean. Oh, um, that's right. That's right. That's right. Another thing I say from old school all the time, cheese. Um, oh, which I don't is, say that. <laughs> it's a weird one. It's um, because, you know, Jeremy Pippen's the dean and and he, he went to he went to college with all of them, I guess. I the, forgot Jeremy Piven was the dean. Yeah, he's the dean. And he, he's he plays a guy that went to college with them. But they he was like, oh, yeah, wasn't your nickname cheese? And Vince Vaughn just goes, oh, yeah cheese it's not even funny but like i say it all the time that's so anyway, funny i'm gonna cut all of this out we're gonna start over right now um is this anything <laughs> is this a podcast what is oh man hold on wasn't the woman who played jeremy piven's wife in entourage also in old school you're thinking you entourage you are yes yeah, she is she plays will ferrell's wife that he marries her name is Perry something. Yes. I had such a crush on her for a minute. Um, and yeah, she did. Didn't she pay? She yeah. plays uh, mm-hmm. Ari Gold's wife. Yep. Look at that. So they were married in that. Um, Look at that. That solves the mystery of was that woman in those two <laughs> completely different. This completes projects. This, this segment of. <laughs> this By the way, a- <laughs> favorite, favorite moment on last week's podcast is when I was trying to make a joke and think of the word segment and I couldn't and I go I don't know what it's called when you you know you have moments and you know you do stuff on these things <laughs> and hey to be to give to your credit you went a segment yeah you knew what I was trying to say so. yeah I got you um dude so I've got a question for you I'm listening to uh, a book right now called crying in H Mart oh yeah I saw you posted about this yeah so it's around a lot a lot of people are talking about it the author uh is uh mixed race like uh her her mother was an immigrant i don't think her father was if i'm remembering correctly uh she hasn't gotten into that much stuff with her dad but it's this really really touching book about the author talking about being raised with a korean mother mm-hmm. uh, what that was like all of the like the intricacies of growing up in a household where like you had these little secrets like the you know you go to school but your lunch looks very different from everyone else's lunch and like that kind of stuff and just her connection to the korean culture and all that kind of stuff and how after her mother passed away from cancer she has this fear in her i'm only i'm literally like 20 percent of the way into the book right now but this is kind of how she's setting it up of like am i still even korean if like my mom and my aunts who are gone Mm -hmm. who like they were my tether to that world i could call my mom and be like what's that dish called or how do you make that or what you know like that she doesn't speak the language very well she doesn't know how to make any of those dishes at this point in the book or anything and so they pass away and she's like yeah i don't even know if i'm like if i'm still korean and so I was thinking about that and like, dude, the book is wrecking me. I bring it up because like, really, I'm just telling Kate about it and I start to tear up and I like sat down 
to like literally think like, dude, what on earth is it about this book that resonates with you so much? And I also have realized I've had a similar reaction recently with shows like Reservation Dogs. Yeah. Um, Reservation Dogs, if y'all haven't uh, seen it yet, it's a book about a bunch of uh, kids who grew up on a Native American reservation. The show. Uh, show. Res Kids TV show by Sterling Harjo. Uh, he's the writer director who's also a native kid grew up on the res as mm-hmm. well uh taika waititi is kind of the guy who like the produced that kind of helped him get that done taika also is um he, like his people are indigenous to mm-hmm. uh, new zealand so like he's he's a part of an indigenous group similarly i think he like resonated with that and sterling he's trying to give um uh help help i think like amplify those voices you know mm-hmm. and so here's the thing for me a lot of people don't know this but like i changed my name back in uh, like when Kate and I got married. I was born David Gregory Sanchez. I changed my name to David Gregory. Not for any, like I wasn't really running away from anything. I just, I was doing music at the time. Yeah. I, I thought it sounded better. And since we were getting married, I was like, yeah, it'll, it'll be easier if our last names are the same. Now that, that was 13 years ago. Now in my mid thirties, I'm realizing like, I feel like this art is resonating with me on such a strong level. Cause I'm having similar, like, I, I was trying so hard through all throughout my childhood to like fit into mm-hmm. my the, the the culture and the movies. I'd watch movies like Clueless and like I wanted to be like these characters. Yeah. Right? There weren't characters like me in movies. So I just wanted to be like the ones that were in the movies. Now in my 30s, I'm feeling like, wow, I've wasted so much time trying to be trying to fit in that like what is really moving me and like affecting me are these shows and these movies and these books uh, about people who are like not running from that upbringing but like Mm -hmm. trying to embrace it and maintain a connection to it super super long setup to say no do you like does 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 that art resonate for with you on the same frequency like this is a weird like ask your white friend thing you know but i'm going like because me and kate were having that conversation and i was like it's not like when your parents pass you won't be like what connects me to my culture no to my people like you know eventually don't really have one but yeah well like they do but it's like but like i think the difference is you go back generations in this country like at Mm -hmm. some point your family came from somewhere and those people probably had two -hmm. generations ago yeah so like they probably had that they Mm -hmm. came from ireland or denmark or like wherever like those are also immigrants and i'm not saying they don't go like white immigrants don't go through the same thing but it just made me want like we were talking about the difference between that because i was saying like i don't think a majority of the people who watch content in this country resonate with things like res dogs and stuff like that on the same level and she was like no i think they like I, i don't know but like I'm curious to get your perspective on that. When you watch that, does that do those types of stories resonate with you? Like, do you feel like they're moving or are they more like educational? Finally, a straight white man's talking. So, um, (laughs) I, (laughs) no, that's a good question. I was thinking about it while you were asking. I, I, um, my family is all like Polish Lithuanian. Um, and like my grandfather, came over on the boat with, you know, when he was a kid, like Ellis Island, the whole shit. So like they wouldn't stop talking about that because it was so important that their grandkids knew. So I'm second generation born here. Um, which, which, so in that perspective, I understand cause he, my grandfather also used to tell me stories about like in the thirties and forties, like white people hated each other. It was like Irish versus Italian versus Polish versus, I mean, we hear all these jokes like Polak jokes and stuff, you know, that are not okay. Um, But anyway, when I watch those, so I I understand, but I also don't feel a connection to any people either. Um, And I wish I did. Honestly, I I just sent in my 23 and me 
kit. Oh, wow. and, and next year I'll, I'll, or next year, next month, I'll know a little bit more about it. And I'm excited about that. Cause I just, cause I don't really have a connection to any kind of thing like that. But when I watch those shows, I, honestly, I, I get incredibly emotional. Um, I get incredibly, but I, it's mostly empathetic. It's mo- or it's mostly I'm not sympathetic, but I, I mostly am learning. I will tell you, I watched in the Heights twice in the theater and cried both times. Like that. Movie, also, I'm just realizing, did I ask you like the most landminey question for a white person? No, on no, no. Podcast? Okay, good. Well, good. you asked, you asked, what's my perspective watching that? Is, yeah, it, yeah, is yeah. it a thing where I'm like, oh, I understand. And here's the thing. I have been an outcast before. I have been like, mm-hmm. I have been the other, the weird one, but not in like, because of who I am, but because of like, I was a weird Christian kid at a, like a metal concert or I was like, or, you know, whatever it is, like, it's not exactly the same, but I can understand what it means to stand out and not feel completely like yeah accepted but not in not to the degree that people on res dogs or or um like in the heights or whatever feel like it um and so i definitely in res dogs especially because they like they're on they're they're the only people in this country not on stolen land you know what i mean so like they they have this ownership of like yeah this is our place which is really unique to watch it with that perspective and what i really like about that show especially is is the amount of like self-deprecating humor that they make fun of each other and stuff yeah 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 that's really good it'll take the shit out of their own culture too yes like yeah And and it just shows that like oh they're they're just like making fun of their elders the way we do, you know, make fun of, mm. there's a, there's a little bit of boomer making fun of on there, which is very funny. And, uh, but I, I, I watch those that like shows like that, or like in the Heights or whatever, honestly to learn. And it just helps my brain to remember the parts of my brain. That's like, that thinks of people who are different than me as other, like the way I was raised yeah, as a white yeah, boy yeah, in this yeah. country, like in a, not only a white boy in this country, but like in a small town in a Baptist church. So it's like a bubble inside of a bubble. Yeah it helps me to remember that like we're like, just because somebody looks different than me or had different experiences than me, it doesn't mean that we're not, we, we can't connect on some level. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're all yeah, the yeah, same, yeah. even if we're not, yeah. you know, like to a degree. No, I know what you mean. Cause I, I hear that. I, I see a lot of that in reservation dogs as well, where it's like a lot of the humor they make. It's like, they're going, Hey, we also though are generations removed from our ancestors yeah, and we still live in the West and mm-hmm. like our humor is similar. And we talk to our, like we, we have a lot of, um, the actual words that come out of our mouth to say certain things are different, but what we're saying to each other a lot of times is the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they have a lot of sayings, like the things they it's funny on reservation dogs. They have a lot of sayings that like, I just have mm-hmm. never heard. Like they say shit ass all the yeah, time. Shit ass. That's one of my favorite curses it's so good. I've mm-hmm. ever heard. And that's just, it's just like saying dumbass in English, but it's like similarly where you go in, in English. Cause yeah. they're not speaking English. Uh, like th- that's what I mean though, is you Skoden. go like, yeah, Skoden for like, let's go then they've sorted it to just like Skoden. Like, and you're like, that it's good. It's, it's kind of genius. Like, and we do the yeah. same thing with like sup and you know, yeah. but yeah. these little things where you go like, Hey, this is a completely different people in culture, but also there's a lot of overlap. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, obviously because they wear a lot of like they're really into rap their whole country. You know, I love that they're really into like hip hop and rap yeah. and stuff, which makes sense because a lot of, especially like nineties hip hop and rap is all about being mis displaced. Right. And yeah. it's all, it's all about like being forgotten and like, um, built like picking yourself up from your bootstraps and stuff. And it's just so sense. interesting to me. I think recently I have just like, I grew up in San Antonio. It's, uh, there, I did not feel like a minority as a Latino kid. Like there were, we, we were the majority, you know what I mean? There were more mm-hmm. of me in my middle school than there were white kids. And so, 
um, it's kind of like when I moved to Dallas. I'm, it's funny. I'm wearing the Spurs shirt right now. When I moved to Dallas, I became a massive Spurs fan. I lived in San Antonio during like 90% of the championships that the Spurs won. David Robinson? Um, literally, like uh, five championships. I lived in San Antonio for four of them. And wow. I, I really didn't care that much because it's just like, ah, it's just always been there. You know, yeah, I yeah. moved to Dallas and I became a rabid fan because it was like, oh, I have to hold on to that. Yeah, I and I think that. the same thing is happening now with like my um, with, with with some of my culture where I go like I I grew up going like it's everywhere. There's Mexican food everywhere. There's mm -hmm. a bunch of kids like me who are first generation immigrants. Um, I always mix that up. Is the kid of the child of the immigrant is first or second generation? I think the first born on this soil on this is, land soil is first gen let right? me look it up keep talking though that's what i thought but anyway so like my my parents both moved here i'm the only person in my family who was born in the states both my sisters were born in mexico and had to get their green cards later and then get their citizenship and i it's just weird suddenly i'm like having that same thing i had with the spurs when we yeah. moved to dallas where i'm like they're mine we're like I'm going like, oh, wow, That's I'm realizing as I get older and kind of untether from my immediate family in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like that. I'm going like, wait, does this mean I'm untethering from my like la my Latinness? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Your and Latinness? Then, uh, the other thing that really struck me, this is just like, I don't even know. You could cut this out even maybe. I don't know if this is important. No but like the other thing that really struck me is watching reservation dogs and realizing like, hey, the those people and my people, their ancestors and my ancestors like. This was the same landmass. Mm -hmm. They weren't. They were different cultures and different climates, mm -hmm. and they were unique to their own ways. But they were not. It's not like we didn't come from another continent. We were just yeah. farther down, and some weirdos came by later and drew lines and said these are different countries now. But like the kids growing up on the reservation right now, and my cousins living in Mexico, I'm going like there is. The more I learn about that culture, the more I'm going like, wow, there are so many similarities. Mm -hmm. And the more I go like, wow, I cannot believe y'all are still living this way on reservations. Like this yeah. stuff is happening in our country today and we're just fine with it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, but I feel I think it, that gave me more of a connection, that reservation dogs thing. And so it's but yeah, I've, I've been really wrestling with that lately. And it's just it was such a weird question to go like, wait, do do my white friends have this? <laughs> like, yeah. And, and honestly, there's a huge it's very similar for me here. Like it is for you in San Antonio where I'm like, I don't know, like it's, it's whatever. Like when my parent, my parents, I, I got, I got lunch with them yesterday and we were deciding where to eat. And they're like, I don't know, like, you know, diner food. And I'm like, Oh yeah. White people. Um, yeah. uh, cause that's what they're used to eating. That's like their totally. favorite food. Diner food is like my parents. That's just what they want all the time. Hamburger, something with potatoes. That's it. Um, the first generation, by the way, is the first generation born or first generation to become a citizen in a new country. So, OK, not born here, but like to become a citizen. So but how does that work if so? Technically, I was first generation and then my dad became a citizen when I was like 20. Yeah. So does did I get demoted to second generation? No, you're happened? still first because you got you. I, I think because I you, did it first. You did it first. Yeah. So suck it, Dad. Um, suck it, been, Dad. I, it, it's I was born. <laughs> you were there. You remember? Um, <laughs> I uh, did this. Uh, it's interesting you bring that up because I'm the book I'm reading right now that is royally like fucking me up in some amazing ways. Um, is Brene Brown's latest is which by the way, is such a white person thing to talk about right now, but yeah. Am I hosting this podcast with another white lady? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I said you another might as that. well be, you're not. Yeah. Um, but no, I've been reading Brene Brown's latest book, which is called, uh, Atlas of the heart. And it's really 
it's really interesting, but it basically just boils down like all the different ways that we view the world and relationships and, you know, the healthy and unhealthy ways. It's basically a giant overview of like the way we feel and and think and, and interact and how we get to different points and what, what we base that on. But anyway, I just read a chapter about what we do, what our brain does when we like try to fit in and what, and what the difference is between fitting in and belonging. And I'm going to read this quote because it's very, it's very similar to your, like your whole thing about like the spurs and like, you know, yeah. changing, changing your name and everything. But she says <laughs> fitting in. Cause that's, that's like the biggest thing when we're in high school, right? It's just like, I just want to fit in. We just don't, we just don't want to like be the weirdo outcast or whatever, but she says fitting in is about assessing a situation and becoming who you need to be, to be accepted and belonging doesn't require us to change who we are. It requires us to be who we are. So belonging is, is more in a lived in That's sense so of like, yeah, I'm, this is, I belong here because I'm me and no questions asked, but like, I, but I, I think for me, for the longest time, I, I just wanted to fit in even in the music world. I was just like, okay, what, what kind of, how can I change my music? What's popular right now? So I can like, I can infuse it with a little bit of whatever popular genre is out there. Um, yeah. And I can do that. Are we throwing our guitars around our backs with the, with, you know, like um, with swoopy haircuts, I'll do that or whatever the Tried thing that. was yeah. and fitting into a trend to be accepted. Um, but it's, it's interesting because I never thought about the difference between belonging and acceptance, like being accepted. Um, but belonging, you don't have to worry about being accepted because you belong the end. Like That's you are so who you are, but, but you know, what's so interesting requires somebody else to do the work for you. This is, this is going to, this took, is there's probably a lot of ignorance in this. So I'm just going to say, this is how it feels. Yeah. This is not necessarily how it is. Yeah. But when you were saying that quote, what was so interesting to me is I feel like I spent my entire youth trying to be accepted by, because I will say, even though I grew up in San Antonio with a bunch of Latino kids, we moved to a new district. We moved to the Northeast side of San Antonio out near like Bernie um for high school and it was the complete opposite there i was suddenly the minority again and it was a bunch of rich white kids. rich white kids there and that was from eighth grade up so like i went but so i say all that to say i felt like the whole time i was trying to be accepted i wanted the swoopy hair the butt cut the sean hunter the like i wanted that so bad and my best friends had that and i had this weird little mexican fro that like (laughs) i didn't know how to tame yet i learned how to tame it at like 28 by the way so is is that why you just started shaving your head you literally, yeah. Really? I just started shaving my head because I didn't know what to do with my with my hair until like actually like six or seven years ago. Oh, interesting. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, from like freshman year until then, and so uh, or eighth grade. But I, um, I spent. I felt like I was trying to 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 be accepted. I ch- I changed my name. My name was David Gregory Sanchez. So I went by David Gregory because I literally. I, I know how offensive this sounds, but this is. I'm saying it, and I'm the one who felt this way. Is I felt like. David Sanchez was a guy who mows your lawn, not the guy whose record you buy. And I was at, at the time, I'm like thinking through all the names of the guys that I'm into, like Duncan Sheik and blah, like all these super cool songwriter names. And I'm like, and then David Sanchez is how everyone's going to say it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. That's going to drive me nuts. So I'll just be David Gregory. Um, thanks a lot, host of Meet the Press, for, <laughs> for messing that one up. Anyway, now... Uh, uh, I'm older and I'm seeing guys like David Ramirez is another singer songwriter who didn't do that. And it worked out okay for him. But I feel like the younger generation, uh, the Gen Zers, I, it feels to me like they don't have to do that and they get to belong 
mm. without having to fight for being accepted. That's the part that I was going to say. I think this sounds ignorant. There, or there, there's no, probably ignorance I think in there's this. There's something to but that. I'm seeing so much Latina art coming out, music yeah. and movies mm-hmm. and stuff like Reservation. It is highly in vogue. And and it's kind of gross and so it's it's tough mm-hmm. because I'm happy that these voices are getting a chance to put their art out there. At the same time, it's kind of gross sometimes because a lot of the success of shows like Reservation Dogs is off the back of the fact that it is in vogue to be a marginalized group to some people, like mm-hmm. the people who want to uh, virtue signal and be like, "Hey, I'm woke." They're so excited to tell you about the latest brown person's art they've discovered. <laughs> like, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And so that that has nothing to do with the incredible art that's being created, but I feel like that wasn't the case when I was that age. It wasn't cool to have a story like that. No one was giving those stories much credence. And so I felt like I had to fight for acceptance. Whereas now it feels like Gen Z gets to belong. Also, there's just more of them. Like That's true. there are, there are more immigrants in this country and there's some of the second generation ones have been making tons of babies. So like, there's just there, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, it's a numbers game, but um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going. There is that, a that little bit of like Gen Z's like, we walked so Gen Z could run kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But I'm happy about that. Like that. Oh, a hundred percent. Unlike the, it seems like the generations previous, um, I don't want them to suffer. Like we suffered. Um, I, I, we went through the growing pains that we did growing up. So they, I honestly, I'm stoked that like, you know, we talked about it a few times on here, but just the differences in teen movies, you know, in the oh last 10 gosh. years, I'm, I'm so happy to see it. It's so nice to see that. And so happy and, that like book smart exists in the same world that Van Wilder exists. Right. You know what I, I mean? Know. It's so nice to see. And also um, there, and there was a thing for a long time. And Todd Phillips was one of the people who said it, the director of, of old school uh, previously mentioned um, was that like, Oh, we have to do this or it won't be funny. We have to push these envelopes. We have to like make people uncomfortable. We have to say the, the R word or you can't be funny. And book smart was, is perfect example of a non-problematic movie that is all inclusive and is as is wonderful and there's so much comedy in it it's so fucking funny um it's so funny so yeah in in eighth grade is another one too like in the moments that eighth grade is funny um but it it is so poignant and beautiful and is once again not problematic um I just think that, that that's such a narrow way to look at things. But um, yeah, I mean, to your point, I heard somebody the other day on TikTok, to a Gen Zer talk about, which I never thought about this before, but she, she was like, I'm an elder Gen Z and people are like, why are you complaining all the time or whatever? Why, why are you all triggered by everything? Why do you have, why are you making up that you have anxiety and all this stuff like that? And she was like, well, first off, I'm not making it up. Think about this. Like, and this is really interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of make it, brief um yeah no go for it but because it's a longer tiktok but it was such an interesting point where she was like i was born in 1997 i'm the first or 98 i'm the first um generation to not remember 9 11 um but i feel like i do because every year in school on 9 11 and 9 a.m my teacher would roll it out and we watch all this footage over and over and over again of people falling from the towers like people dying and burning and all this stuff like that and it's like and i was a she was like i was in i was in second grade, third grade, fourth grade, watching it because there's like this country had such a, like a fetish for this thing that happened to us over and over again. And then she was, and then she was like, okay. And then 2005, like I'm in fourth or fifth grade and Katrina happens and we watch we're we literally are watching this happen in school and all this different stuff. And then she like went further and was like, and then a few years later, right when we're told to save money because we're getting older and we're getting into high school, uh, we're getting in junior high, like the, the, 
the 2008 housing crisis happens. And it's like, wait, what's all the, why am I doing this? Why would I, you know, yeah, what, is what's the system what's, working? Yeah. What, what, this doesn't seem like it's working, the Bernie Madoff shit and everything. And then she was like, and then we finally get to the point where we graduate high school and there's a, into a global pandemic, you know, it's like, what, yeah. what is like, and I never thought of it in the context of that. Like what's the last 20 years been like for this, mm-hmm. for this generation. And Oh my God, what is the last, the, the fact that they are as great as they are and they are as like yeah. loving and open and caring and paying attention as much as they are. It's, they have been through hell in their lifetime. Like we had, it so easy. Like we, we went really through did, the Monica Lewinsky the Clinton yeah. scandal. Like what, what, you know, it really wasn't that bad. No, <laughs> there really were, there were about 30 years there where it was just like, man, things are pretty okay. Like obviously like, yes, there were huge issues and there were tragedies yeah. that happened during that time, but nothing like the last 10, you know, this is why nothing I'm continually like obsessed with the year of 1998 is because I feel like it was the last, it was the year. It was the, the peak nineties year. Um, yeah. Everything that was happening in that year was peak nineties. Everything before that built up to 98, it was the last like happy year that we had in pop culture because in 99, true. like in 99 white boy, angry rap came in, rap metal came in and yep. it's Woodstock everything. 99. Everything got a little like 98 was a party year for pop music. 99 was in like Limp Bizkit and like all that and corn and all this stuff kind of took over yeah. and, and pop music got angry. And then 2000, it was even worse. That's when I graduated high school. And then 2001, nine 11 happens. And I remember when 9-11 happened, MTV was just playing videos for the first time in years on, on a loop. Yeah. And it was just, it was Nickelback, puddle of mud. It was like all this angry stuff. And from time to time, they'd throw in like POD or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it we was, came to rock the was, party all night long. Yeah. I feel yeah, so the other alive. Thing, I, feel, I felt like uh, I definitely Woodstock night. I was going to say, I feel like Y2K was the beginning of just the panic too, mm-hmm. of like panic, tech, you're right. tech, tech, uh, tech grew like faster than, yeah. Than our understanding of it could. But anyway, yeah, and that was um, the first moment where we were like, oh, even tech people are like, this might destroy us in a way, yeah. you know, um, planes we'll might fall to from the sky. History podcast uh, where but we it, just go, hey, yeah, remember? Yeah, <laughs> hey, do you guys remember? Hey, remember the 80s? You um, remember. But th- that is, is such an interesting perspective, though, to think about what Gen Z is coming up with and like maybe be a little bit easier on them because all that we were telling them as they were growing up the way the world works. And then when they got to be an adult, a pandemic hit. And now the world works completely differently. It's yeah. all those rules are thrown out in the same way that like I was raised with the music industry knowledge that I was raised with reading Rolling Stone, watching Austin city limits, watching like, like reading all these, like I read all these books. I read a book in when I was 17 by Frank Sinatra's manager. Who am I? What's happening? But it was like a good show business book of like, here's, yeah. here's the way it works. And by the time I got to Nashville in 2007, I'm walking into a studio with the few people that I know there, being like, "Yeah, let's help help. We're gonna make help make a record and do all this stuff." I'm walking in. There are idols of mine, music idols of mine, in the room, and they all turn to me and they're like, "Hey, so we're all leaving our record label. Um, how do you book a show?" Yeah, and I'm and I'm like. 23 over here like oh i was about to ask you how you got a record deal <laughs> yeah you know like there's a shift happening now no absolutely no yeah I, back, back to what you were saying too about like that yeah I, I didn't want that generation to suffer the way we did i think if anything i look at the movies that are being made now and the voices that are being put out there now and i go like man i almost feel like the whole like we walked so you could run i feel like i didn't walk mm. i feel like i uh i cheated like walking would have been keeping my last name and putting some good art out there. And, and instead I, I disconnected from this. And now in my mid thirties, I'm going like, wait a minute. I am, yeah. I'm in my mid thirties and you kid, you're 16. 
how do how is it that you have a deeper connection to that part of yourself than I do? That doesn't make sense to me because I do feel like this. Like, I mean, this is the Better Men Film Club podcast. The sure. idea behind the whole title and premise of this podcast is like we're men who are working on ourselves. Yes. Um, and the podcast is for everyone, men or otherwise. Uh, but like, I'm going like, hey, I. I've been working on myself for a long time, kid. Like, what do you like? And I'm suddenly realizing like, oh, wait, I think this is a part of myself that like, mm. I don't know how you reconnect with that now. Like, you know what I mean? How do I, I don't feel like I walk so that like one of my favorite new artists is Maya. Um, she's unbelievable. She's this pop artist, pop, R&B, soul. I don't know what you would call her. Genre is kind of out the window in the last decade mm. or so. But like, she is unbelievable, beautiful lyrics, really sweet melodies, gorgeous voice. And I'm going like, I did not my the music I was doing, the things I was doing, like nothing I did paved the way for this girl. Not a thing. I changed my name and sang folk music. <laughs> I got a white name and I wrote white sounding songs. Uh, and I talked very the, the closest I've ever come to referencing that in my art is I, I literally there's a line in a song of ours called name where I just say I changed my father's name just to sell a song. And that was the closest thing to it. I never unpacked that. No one asked me about it. Didn't write about it ever again. Um, but um, but yeah, that's just a weird thing where I go like, how do you, how on earth do you reconnect with that? Like at at, at this, is there is there even like a need to reconnect with it? Because it's not like I'm like, I mean, question. I speak the language fluently. I understand the culture. I like, I still have a deep understanding of it. It's almost like the thing uh, that I'm envious of is the fact that like with a lot of these artists who are creating things today, you know that they are connected to that side of themselves mm -hmm. by what they're putting out there. Whereas I feel like when I share that with people more often than not, they go, Oh, no way. Oh, I didn't know you, you were Latino. Like, I just thought you were tan. Your last name's Gregory and you sound like me, you know? And so yeah. Like, uh, yeah. But I, I wonder how much of the, like the Gen Zers that are like embracing their, their heritage and using that to create art or whatever is because there are shows like res dogs and, right. and like, like there are more creators that look like them. And so they're like, Oh, I can do that. Okay. Oh, totally. They're not even batting an eye because they've just, they've just seen it, you know, over and over again. It's no, the same I, thing, I, like with, with my daughter, like whenever, like I, I found myself kind of encouraging her, you know, you can do anything you want to do. You can do anything boys can do. And every time I say that, she's like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, like, cause it never occurred to her that she, she couldn't, I'm the yeah. one putting that in her brain. So I yeah. just started shutting up because her generation's not going to worry about that as much as my generation did. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think it's, it's not a mystery to me why Gen Z is able to do the things that they're able to do. It almost feels like you're in a war and you were a turncoat and then yeah. you're old, the, the side you were with from the get go starts to win. And then suddenly you're like, Hey guys, I'm back. I was, mm. I was, I was getting you some waters, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Um, but no, I am, I, I do think it's, uh, it is like, it's exciting because when we talk about how like there's no new content, there's no new movies, there's no new music, you go like it's all out there. Like it's all and it's like, well, oh no, God. yes and no, because at the same time, like Reservation Dogs is just a coming of age story about some mm -hmm. kids in high school. That's all it is. But it feels so new because it's like, yeah, this is that same story. I've never heard this perspective, though. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, it's funny as we were talking about. I feel like you did. I, I don't think I said this on, on the podcast yet, but you and I were talking a while ago about how. I was saying this on a Marco Polo with a friend of mine about how the the human experience is like Mexican food, where it's like <laughs> Mexican food for the most part is like the same ingredients. Like a taco is a tortilla with some meat, lettuce, tomato, onion, salsa, stuff like that. A flauta is just a crunchy version of that. A uh, tostada, it's, it's yeah. just the exact same ingredients. That's very reductive of Mexican cuisine because it's super, super, it, it's it's super rich. But the way, you, really the way you cook it, though. 
or the way well, not even just that, but I mean, like the the actual Mexican cuisine goes beyond that. But the way we kind of do it here in the U.S., sure, you know, sure, sure. there's a really funny Mexican uh, comedian. She has a whole bit about how it's like you're really proud of your Mexican food and the culture and all that. People go like, hey, what, well, so tell me what this is. And then you're like explaining it to someone mm-hmm. who doesn't know what it is. And you're like, I keep listing the same five ingredients to you. It's tortillas, <laughs> veggies, and meat. But anyway, we we're talking about how like the human experience is the same thing where it's like, this is, look, no matter who you are, mm-hmm. whether you're Jesus Christ or Hitler, the entire human experience is a, is a mixture of joy and depression and anxiety and anger and fear and love and excitement. It's the exact same mm-hmm. ingredients the difference is like we experience them from completely different perspectives and so it's exciting now to go like when people go well there's no new content like right there is no new content but there are new voices and new perspectives and we can hear the same stories we've been hearing for the last 50 years in hollywood from a completely different perspective and that's like really exciting but for every like res dogs where you're like this is just a story this is freaks and geeks like all res dogs is just is is native american freaks and geeks Mm -hmm. and and but for every you know, whatever comment like that, there's a parasite where you're like, well, I've literally never seen this story told this way before. You know, it's not only a, a new culture that I'm, I've not really seen yeah, this yeah, perspective yeah. from, but it's like the, the classism within that culture. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Like, oh yeah. 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 Oh, no, that's okay. True. Well now we're on a different playing field. Yeah. I would even argue though, like parasite was, I, it took me a minute to figure out what you were saying. When you said there's a parasite, I was like, Oh, 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 oh. right, right, right. Yeah, I was like, what's, what's the yeah. parasite a metaphor for? <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's a parasite. This yeah. metaphor goes deep. Um, no, that's true. Cause I think it's like, I, I, I could, you could still argue. I still think that's the same. There is class in a cast. Like we've, that yeah. story has been explored. You know what I mean? But yes, it is a holy Good Lord, Parasite. Kate's still never seen that. And that it and is such a unique movie. So unique. Or there's even, you could even say like there's an Everything Everywhere All at Once where yes. you go like, what? That's yes. not just a different perspective. That is like a completely different creative mind, you know? Yeah. I remember like watching Parasite, which we've seen movies on classism before and we've seen movies on um, like from Korean filmmakers before. It's not a new thing. But mm. watching it, I was, I feel like I was watching something wholly new. I, it was so like fresh. Every scene, and it's it, it, it's a it's a movie that like reveals itself slowly, but I was just so enraptured in every single thing that was happening in that movie. Like it it really yeah. is a it, it's a testament to the filmmaking and the writing and the acting and everything. But like, man, I, I, we talk about this a lot. But like, for everything to go right in a movie, for it to be decent and okay, so many things have to be absolutely oh correct, gosh, spot man, on. Such so a for a, for a movie to be as phenomenally shot and and shown like like from inception to audience, like the, yeah. the front to back for it to be like as impactful and powerful as like a parasite or everything everywhere all at once is like how it's a magic trick. It's insane. The, for, the vision, for every parasite the of vision you have to have, there's a million wieners, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> for every parasite. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I think it's, man, it's hard to make a good record. It's hard to make a good album to like the amount of clarity you have to have for the song you're trying to write and the, the sound you're trying to get to mm-hmm. has to be so crystal clear and so specific for you to actually pull out like not just to make a good record, but to make the record you you're, you have in your head yeah. and a movie to me, I'm like, music's just one element of that. Like mm-hmm. the, a movie to me has so many more moving parts. I think it's, it's, that's crazy to, to even think about. And then two jackasses like us get on there. Like, I don't know. It didn't hold up as well. As <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it. Yeah. Pass. That's the, that's because we grew up watching the critic. That's true. It stinks. It stinks. 
Did we land on that's what his catchphrase was? Yeah, I looked it up. Okay, I had good. To look it up. I hate that. It, I wanted to right. just to right now say yes, I remembered. No, it's fine. I remembered. That episode Google already aired where we were me. like, what was it again? I don't really remember. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what's so funny? While you were talking right now, I was literally thinking Aziz Ansari used to have a joke, and I'm I'm verbally processing this right now mm-hmm. about how people would come up to him and be like, "Hey, man, you must be really excited about all this Slumdog Millionaire stuff," because it was it was nominated for Oscars and stuff that year. Yeah. And Aziz Ansari, if you don't know, he's uh he's an Indian comic uh, of Indian descent. He's yeah. he grew up in like West Virginia or something like North that. Carolina, North Carolina, yeah, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. There you go. So uh so first generation <laughs> immigrant mm-hmm. learned how to use that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he would he'd be like yeah like the joke is he goes yeah man i guess the guy who kind of looks like me is in this movie that everyone's talking about right now i don't really know anyone about i'm not connected to it all like is this how white people feel all the time like you're just like goodwill hunting that was us like he lists all these deals out he's just like we are white people that was us us." yeah yeah. but now it's interesting because like the 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 joke almost doesn't age because now i'm going like if someone came up to me I uh and was like, hey dude, are you excited about like like I'm again I'm not Native American, but like if they were like, hey, are you excited about like reservation dogs? If I was, I'd be like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's so freaking cool, man. We're getting to hear all these stories from these different perspectives, and I'm so excited about like it's just interesting now for me to there's a lot of things about his comedy that didn't age very well. No, um, and he admits that. He totally admits that. He's he's grown a lot as an artist, but like I hear that joke now and I go like, dude, why? be excited if people are excited about your stuff man if people are like even if they're passionately ignorantly excited about this like it is hard when it's like in vogue and you're like you next year you'll be on to another thing it's hard i i know the feeling of that the feeling of like oh it's cool to talk about this now cool but it's Um, the same thing i had with like in the heights there was some people were complaining about the fact that there wasn't enough a representation from certain type of Latino communities right. within that. Right. I'm not even saying that's unfounded or it's not unfounded, but it was, it drove me nuts. Cause I was like, can we argue about this in like six months? Really? And right now, can you go spend your money on this movie? Cause Throw they're going to stop putting brown it. people in movies. If brown people don't make money in movies, like at the end of the day, that's how this works. So anytime I see a face like mine in a movie, I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm not mm-hmm. waiting for this one to come out. I'm going to the movies. I'm buying some popcorn. I'm, you know, yeah. Um, and so it was kind of that thing with the like, I get the, the ugh, I'm so tired of hearing this. But right now when you were talking, thinking about that Aziz joke, maybe want to go like, hey, dude, what? Shut up. <laughs> be like, be excited that people are talking about your culture, you know? I think it can be both. I think it can be a yeah. frustration and an excitement at the same time. Um, man, just you saying that just reminded me how much I love Aziz as a stand-up and I kind of miss him. Man, do I miss him. I miss him so much. And his last stand-up, I... Uh, wasn't um he still felt a little scared yeah and i, I wanted him to be as uh as easy as he's ever been you know yeah i just miss stuff from him like master of, it doesn't matter what it is i just Dude, want remember when master of none came out <laughs> that was a magical summer like remember i remember master I, of none season two man i, I love oh. it was incredible mm-hmm. um no I, was, I know i'm not saying it's a bad thing i just remember being like wow how could this have gotten better I know. You know what's weird is is not that long ago I re- I decided to rewatch it because I was like there, so there was some like storyline in the first one. Oh, it was the one where where him and, and Kevin I think is his name his uh, Chinese American friend I think he's Chinese American. The where they, they it's about it's about the heritage thing. It's about oh, like okay the the it, it it's a whole episode on like 
yeah, I don't know. I don't really get my parents, man. And then they show the back story. Oh, of their yeah, parents. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, talking about. And they go to dinner with their parents and stuff. And it's so incredible. And I, I went, so I went back and watched like the first season, and, and it's weird. It's the first time I've ever been nostalgic for 2015, which it doesn't doesn't feel like that long ago, you know. <laughs> I know, but like man. I was like, oh, that wasn't that was only a couple of years ago. But like we're we're coming up on like that's seven years ago. So I don't I don't think it's really even set in for me yet how different things will always be from how they how different yep. they already are yep. even. I'm still living life the way I was in 2015 a little bit. And you can't do that anymore. You can't. And I still think like it's taking me, I'm going to do things the wrong way for a while and eventually look back and be like, Oh dude, you got to stop. There's a line of, there's a line of demarcation. Like, when I think feel like in 2016 with the election, it was like, well, things are different now. And then again in 2020 with the pandemic, it's just like there's another line of demarcation. You're like, geez. And then I felt like within the pandemic, there was a line of demarcation of like there's a before and after meaning of that, like of when George Floyd died. And it was like, I oh my God, I feel like there is a shift, cultural yeah. shift happening over and over again. And I and honestly, I feel about 2015. 2014 2015 around that time as i do about like 1998 where we were all just like partying and having a good time you're like oh lynn steal my sunshine i don't know let's make it a hit <laughs> you know it's like oh like let's you know what thong song absolutely we were just like having a party in that 98 yeah. man like i i think about it all the time and talk about it all the time because it is really interesting to look back and be like we really didn't know. We were like polishing the brass on the Titanic, as Tyler Durden says. For um, real, man. If it, Dude, it feels like, uh, what's the movie? There was a book. <laughs> <laughs> Say more words. <laughs> Keep saying words, and I'll try to help you. You know that one movie? There was a book. <laughs> Say more words. I didn't realize until the last episode that I that I stopped. <laughs> sentences midway to think well, about what's what crazy the next is, thing is it's worked before though do you remember that one time you go hey what was that name of that one show and, on abc yeah, I and i go happy endings dude more often than not you nail it but it's funny to sit and be like yes i do know <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I do word. see girls um but uh, you know that what's that movie there was a book is a really funny sentence though um uh it was the boz lerman uh movie with leo in it and toby mcguire what's that movie about the roaring 20s the Gatsby. Yeah, Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby. It, like 98 felt like Gatsby where you were just like, this will never end. Party, party, yeah, party. And like yeah, yeah, 2014 yeah, yeah. and 2015 now kind of feel like that. Like we were all like comparing what is this dress blue and white or you know, gold and whatever the fuck. White um, and gold or blue and black. Jeez, yeah, 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 yeah. That that was like a, a main that was like Laurel. <laughs> that was <Yanni>. a main <laughs> Laurel. That was a main story on the Today show. And then now it's just like, <laughs> I don't know, everything's burning. <laughs> wow it was just saying that out loud that was the main story you're right no 100 yeah. and then now it's like hey the like, dresses take over the nation <laughs> what's the color you what? see that was a that was a headline on a main news magazine show in 2015 and now it's like shrug emoji like everything did donald fire. trump take nuclear codes to the hotel room probably <laughs> Whoops. does does the my pillow guy know the secret <laughs> codes that is where we are now <laughs> oh wow yeah how were those pillows though? Did you ever try them? Oh, fantastic. No, I hear they're garbage. I, never, I don't I never, really know. Oh, really? I don't know. Man, I would have assumed they were great. He doesn't seem like a dynamic guy. <laughs> I feel like the pillow did the heavy lifting in that relationship. But my favorite not. thing, uh, like Seth Myers, watching Seth Myers, he always does he does impressions <laughs> of all the people in the news and he does a Mike Lindell, is that the guy's name? Where he just, he always does it as like he where he's like 
Yeah, the nuclear codes were right in the back in Daw Bears. Like he always drops it like <laughs> the sports guys uh, from the SNL at, at the end. No matter what he says, he'll just do this long diatribe and be like, Daw Bears. Um, uh, man, what an underrated sketch. Truly. And also a sketch. Once again, I love we all know historically everybody. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows I love when Robert Smigel's on screen yeah. and and he, he one rare sketch where he got to be in it. Um, also, dude. I watched the wedding singer the other day. Uh, I almost watched that last night. When did you watch it? Last night. Um, no, oh I watched gosh. it uh, a couple oh. weeks ago. But uh, Don't play that movie me. is so good. Yeah. <laughs> but also a hilarious, like the way it tries to be the 80s is so like, come on. It, it's not even a little bit. Every line has to have like a Rubik's Cube mention. It's such a fever dream. It's such a fever dream. It's so we weren't yeah. walking around in the 80s talking about every single trend happening in the 80s. It looks like um, they they like the wardrobe was like a, a an 80s prop box at a stand up yeah. comedy show. Like if Carrot Top <laughs> had an 80s prop box. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. like, we'll just use this for the movie. If, if, if Carrot Top had an 80s prop box and opened it up and the only thing in it was Paula Poundstone. That's what <laughs> <laughs> that's what that movie is. And it's really funny because it was made in 97, 98, which is peaked so it's been almost 20 years since the 80s so they were like oh yeah like that so it was the first movie that really did it well but um that is not what the 80s looked like but it's very fun and nostalgic in a in a comedic way but robert smigel is in that movie that's yeah. the whole point of bringing that up is he's the chef who's like yeah show me your boobies like he's <laughs> he's such a creepy chef but man i i love that man so much when he pops up in movies you know famously this is yeah. 40 he's he's the best friend in that for paul rudd mm -hmm. and I'm like man it's just fantastic but he's in a that the bear sketch and i'm like Dude, oh, he's it's so good that scene we, we, we've referenced this scene numerous times but in this is 40 when they're like talking about how if you've ever fantasized about how to kill <laughs> about killing your spouse your spouse dying uh, yeah. yeah your spouse dying that's what it is he thought it's leslie mann and him that talk about killing each other but like, yeah, head, he's like, yeah, he's like <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't want her to feel pain no it's the it's the mother of my children you know but <laughs> It's really incredible. Some space would be nice, though. It's it. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's such a funny scene. I don't think there's been a scene like that. Um, and honestly, like you know, people lament are people. Yes. Um. So why should it? Why should be? be? I don't know what you're doing. You and I would get. You know the song. People are people. people. Are people. Is it like Tears for Fears or something? something Durand, like that. Durand? Man, I thought that Depeche we were Mode? on the same wavelength, Nick. Um, we are decidedly no, not. Hey, hey, hold on. Stand back. Cut. There you go. That's where you... <laughs> you know. From the moment I said people to then. You cut. Nope, I'm leaving all of this in. I love how many... Oh. I, I left two moments in last week where we said, I'm going to cut this out. And I left it in. Because <laughs> I was no. like, no, this is funny. Um, but no, I think there's there's a little bit of like, you know, when, when anybody, anybody like Woody Allen is like maligned publicly maligned. And it's just like, yeah, he's not going to be making any movies anymore because nobody will finance him. Um, uh, and he's also just like 90 years old, but I think there were a lot of really good. I, the thing I liked about Woody Allen movies were they were very conversational. They're very, it is idiosyncratic. I honestly think there is a place for that now because of Larry David and a lot of, a lot of other shows are very just like situational um, yeah. where Judd Apatow could actually slide in and do like, cause this is 40, that, like that conversation with Paul Rudd and and Robert Smigel is a very like Woody Allen esque type. Like, well, you know, like you know, I don't want him to want her to feel pain when she dies, but like, right. like 
that it's a lot of Judd Apatow movies are a lot of conversations in coffee shops. <laughs> yeah, it's like you it's know? just like a Woody Allen movie with slightly less neuroses. Yeah, and which Judd is is kind of like that, you know. He, yeah, hundred percent. He's very neurotic, but he he's also, a very chill neurotic. He's a stone neurotic. Yeah, he is, and he'll admit that. But he's also one who's like seeking no. to be a better version of himself. Like he talks about it all the time because he was inspired by Gary Shandling's spiritual journey. And um, yeah, so hey, so before we as we wrap up, we have a we have a few minutes left here. This is a great way to wrap this up because I love these types of stories. Do you have a positive celebrity encounter that like went? as well or better than you expected. Do you have a person that you really revered where you were like, I'm going to risk it. And then you talk to him and you're like, that was fantastic. Everything I wanted. I don't think I do. Really? Okay. Is he the, who's the most famous person you've had an interaction with? I do have an okay one. Honestly, I do have one that I don't want to tell. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I like, well, here's why. Cause I, I, I fully, I fully, <laughs> it's so, it's just embarrassing now. <laughs> I don't know if I've told you this. Have I told you my Natalie Portman story? No. <laughs> um, you have a Natalie Portman story? Yeah. So, David Gregory Sanchez. So I I worked at the Apple store. Uh, Brag much? <laughs> that's it. And Natalie has a thing for the guys with those blue t-shirts. Um, no. So I, uh, I worked at the... the the Apple store and she came in really early one morning. I think it was really early in San um, Antonio. No, this was in Dallas. Okay. Okay. And she came in and she was buying, she bought like an iPad and we used to be like when you bought a device, we would at the Apple store, they would open it up for you. They would set it up. They'd get yeah. your emails. They would do all of that stuff for you. Now I think we're also used to these devices that everyone's like, just, I'll we just take it, it home, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's so easy. It used to be more involved. And so, I remember she bought it and I was looking at her. I was like, is this, is that? But like she had these huge like Paris Hilton sunglasses on. I was like, is this? No, it can't be. So anyway, so she bought it and I see that and I'm like, hey, let me get you, help you get this thing set up. And she was like, no, 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 I don't have time. I was like, no, 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 like, come on, let's just, and I'm like, kind of just like pushed through. I was mm -hmm. like, no, like, trust me, this is like the white glove. This yeah. is why you buy it here, why you're not at Best Buy right now. Like, what? she's like, okay, okay, okay. And like, I still can't 100% tell if it's her because she's pretty like, recognizable like she is like you mm. know but i could literally see from her nose down like she had these massive sunglasses on so and it's inside a mall like so you're like why are yeah. you why is she wearing these sunglasses because she doesn't want anyone to see it's natalie portman yeah and so i start setting it up for her and i'm like okay you just put your name in here or i can do it for you and she was like i don't need to do this stuff like just skip and i just went ahead and like started typing her first name on the deal like just to be like because she hadn't told me her name uh like she hadn't someone else was with her they'd paid for the thing so like someone else gave me their car. I didn't have this person's name. Um, and so I'm like, uh, I start typing it out and she just kind of looks at me and she's like, you know, like you, you knew. I was like, yeah, I like, yeah, you're like huge. You're like you're Natalie Portman. <laughs> she's just like, okay, well, can we just like, let's just get it set up. Like, let's just get, and like, she's kind of like relaxes a little bit. Like, yeah, she obviously it's was cool. going like, like she, like the, did you know who I was or did you not mm -hmm. know? Like, you know what I mean? And then it's kind of like, you see a lot of those gifts now too, where people catch a celebrity out and about and the celebrity kind of winks and they're like, Hey, shh, like mm -hmm. don't blow up my spot right now. I'm just trying to get to the airport. So it's kind of like one of those. She was like, you knew I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I proceeded to, I, we set, I set up her iPad and, <laughs> and I, 
<laughs> you're not supposed to do this. You're not even supposed to ask for pictures when celebrities come into the Apple store because early on, Apple stores were rare and people would literally like destinations like people would visit. I them. remember I yeah. met Cheech from Cheech or I met, sorry, uh, Tommy Chong from Cheech and oh. Chong. Mm. I met the, the he's objectively the better one. Excuse me. I was way more excited to meet Tommy Chong than um, Cheech. Who was in Nash Bridges, though? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I met uh, Boys to Men in all of uh, them. All of them. Well, that's three incredible. of them because there were used to be four. Yeah, so true. all of whoever's in it now. Anyway, that's incredible. That's so you're not allowed to do this. So I literally wrote down my name like on a card and gave her my number. And I was like, hey, <laughs> go. hey, look, I don't know how long you're in town or whatever. But uh, if you need to um, like if you, you ever really? if you just want, I swear to God, Dave, like, you are you kidding me? Like, how long have we known each other? And you've not so told embarrassing. me. You like, shot. I literally shot. go, if you want someone to like show you around, I literally said, I go, me and my wife, me and my wife, you like shot. we could totally uh, tell you. And she just kind of goes, uh, all right, <laughs> kind of give me this laugh. But, but dude, that risk is great because what if she did call you? Well, here's, oh, I know. Well, here's the thing. This is almost as good. I can't believe, A, I, I can't believe heard, I have, I haven't, can't believe I haven't told it. I also can't believe that I am telling it because it was so embarrassing. It's not, that's it, a I'm cool not story. even getting into all the details of how much I hit on her. Like I wasn't yeah. being like creepy, like hey, you yeah. wanna? But I was like Dude. talking to her. I was like, yeah, we were talking when I was doing that, and she was like, wait, you knew who I was? I was like, yeah, of course. Oh my gosh, I'm a huge fan. I mentioned Closer and how yeah. that was one of my favorite movies, and she literally goes, oh, of course it is. Like gave me this because she she is very like physical in that. That's true. And like gave me a hard time about it. Oh really? No, 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 no. But like your other ones are good too. Like I was like, she was like, where the heart is. Uh... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> beautiful women. You were great. Uh, the beautiful girls. Leon, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Beautiful girls. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were um, great. Twelve year old. And Leon, the professional. Yeah. Um. But so I gave her the card. Next day, someone comes in, and I'm like helping a customer, and someone's like, "Hey, there's a customer here to see you." And I, I look at the front, and I'm like, I don't know who that is. And they're like, well, they said they they were here to see you. And I was like, okay, well, like I'm with someone. And I was, they're like, all right. And they come back like five minutes later and they're like, hey, she said she'd just wait for you. I was like, will you just help them with whatever they like? I don't even know who that is. And I went over there and it was someone. She was like, hey, my friend, Nat, I, I need to buy something for a wedding. I should like, I need to buy like a wedding gift or whatever. And my friend Natalie told me she had a guy here <laughs> and, she, and she had the little card. So like Natalie gave my card away. But <laughs> mm. but I was like, OK, OK, Dude, you're got Natalie a guy. Portman's guy. I'm the guy. Uh, so okay, yeah. that is a great story. You should not be embarrassed by it. It's fantastic. Oh, I I, gave, I wrote my number down, my personal cell phone oh, number man. down on a card, and gave it to Natalie Portman Dude. at the age of like twenty five. This was literally like we've been in Dallas for eleven years. This was eleven years ago. That's, no, twelve, thirteen years. That is such a good story. I cannot believe you haven't told me that. Like, God, that, I, that honestly, is, I think I forgot about it. But also remembering it, I'm like, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> This is what I wanted to do. So I, I posted on social media about this a long time ago, but uh, I, I, I Ubered Minka Kelly to the airport once when I drove for Uber. And yes. this is what I wanted to do with her mm. because we were vibing and we were legitimately like having good small talk. Yeah. And like, I made her laugh a couple of times. And I, I had a line where I was like, finally, I was like, you're, so you're, you're Minka Kelly, right? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, well, I'm Nick. So now you know who I am too. Or something like that. It was something, yeah. it, it was way smoother. And she was like, okay, well, hello, okay, Nick. Okay, okay. And, and I was like, okay, I have 30 seconds left with this person before I drop them off. Do I give them my phone number? But I, yeah. I really wanted a stoplight so I could Google Minka Kelly single question mark. 
Um, I could also Google Nick Flores single question mark because I well, was not at the time. <laughs> it's, a, but, it's, a, it's the same way though that like I think that's why I think the reason I feel dirty about it is I go like it was a super innocent interaction. We were laughing the whole sure. time. It was not. And I'm literally like. Uh, who knows how much younger than her and I'm the kid selling her her iPad <laughs> like yeah good lord like that's you could not be more juxtaposed also you're but, only four years younger than her by the way oh, she's my age I don't like that uh but the uh well I shot my shot okay Nick and mm. she didn't she didn't ask me or my wife to show her around Dallas so yeah um no but the um if the reason there, that I kind of cringe ab- <laughs> yeah <laughs> The reason I cringe about it is because I'm like, it, it almost to me feels like it's the equivalent of like the waitress or the bartender that's always getting hit on. She's like, hey, dude, like I'm at work. Yeah. Like, I know you thought we had a moment. I'm being friendly because that's how I get tips. Yeah. So like, let me do my like, you don't do that when like the guy at the tire shop is friendly. You're not like, you want to go grab hey. a beer later, buddy? Like, and so similarly with them, I'm like, you are those sockets as, as like a <laughs> with like a Natalie Portman, a Minka Kelly level celebrity, you go like you never get respite from that. You are yeah. always at work because your work is being a famous person. Yeah. Um, and true, so it's true. like, do you ever just go like, yeah, look, guy, I know that there's a dozen creepy dudes whose wife said I'm their hall pass, but like I'm a person and I want to buy an iPad. And that's why I'm like, I know that it wasn't cringy as cringy as I remember it. But like when I remember, I have that memory, I cringe because I'm like, Ugh. like if someone she, was she like, she would have just walked away. Yeah. If she no, was totally not into it, she would have been like, cool, man, I'm going to go over here. My friend totally. can take care of it. Totally. She, totally. she liked it. Yeah. I'm not, I don't, it was Andy Samberg. She's used to goofy <laughs> dudes. It really was goofy and innocent. But I just mean like, yeah, in general, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be that guy who just makes his waitress uncomfortable. And I don't want to be I that know, guy, man. I made know. Natalie Portman go like, oh, I'll just order it on Amazon next time. The the closest I got with the Minka Kelly thing was I, I, which was huge for me because I normally am just like, just leave them the fuck alone for the same reason is I asked her for a selfie. Cause I was like, nobody's going to believe me. Like no, that selfie. That's a great selfie. It was. And she was like, I don't want to get out of the car. And I was like, just lean forward. We'll take it right here. And she was like, oh, cool, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> just lean forward. Yeah. She. I was like, honestly, no, like you can stay where you are. I'll just hold the, the phone or whatever. Yeah. And she was like, uh, I don't not wearing any makeup and I'm kind of gross. And I was like, are you kidding me? You look like a goddess. You're, hey, you're Minka Kelly. You're Lila yeah. Garrity. Okay. Like, and you always like, will. honestly, the most stunning woman I've seen with my own eyes. And I was just like, you what? She was in sweatpants and a sweatshirt, but I was like, you look incredible. What are you talking about? Anyway, um, that's a fantastic story. I'm so glad I asked that question because uh, oh I, I never would have heard that story. I didn't know that story at all. Yeah. See, my, I, my my version of that is is not my I'm, I don't have a version of that story, but like tell me about the time you hit on Natalie Portman, Nick. Ce- celebrity <laughs> interactions that, that went the best ways possible. You've had some great ones. Jack Black was number one with a bullet. 100 I don't know this story. Okay. You can't get mad at me and you haven't told me you're Jack Black. Have I not? Skadoosh. Skadoosh. Okay. <laughs> that, that means no. <laughs> this sounds like I made it up. My friend Derek, uh, who will one day be on this podcast, hopefully, uh, he's one of the, he was the OG movie friend I had where we just, we would nerd out like this about movies, was there as well. Um, so I'm, I'm going to cut. So went to go see Tenacious D in 2001. This is when they when like Wonder Boy, like, it's all over MTV. Like Tenacious D makes a splash. They're playing in Austin um, at some like theater type place. I can't remember what the name of it is. I could probably look it up, but Austin we were theater. We got there probably is. Yeah. We got there early. Me and my friends got there early because we drove from Arkansas. And so we were sitting out front. The, the doors are not even open. There's not a line. It's probably 4 PM. And uh, the out of the bus 
is Kyle Gass and their manager who is in the TV show. His name is Lee. They wrote a song yeah, about yeah, yeah. him. Um, and they walk up and Kyle Gass is like, uh, Hey, you guys here for the show? You're a little early, I think. And we're like, yeah, we just drove from Arkansas. So we didn't know how long it would take. So we wanted to make sure we got here or whatever. And, and he was like, Oh, that's cool. And he was like, Lee, give them some passes. And he, and Kyle Gass went into soundcheck and we were like, Oh my God, this is incredible. We got to talk that's to Kyle insane. Gass at the end. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's, that's the win. Right? Yeah. Sweet, sweetheart of a guy. And Lee goes into the, their manager goes into the bus, comes back out and hands us backstage passes. I still have it. It's up there on my shelf. Um, and he was like, yeah, when the show's over, he's like, you guys really committed to this. This is fantastic. When the show's over, just come like show this to the guy backstage. We'll let you in back there or whatever. Tenacious D plays honestly to this day, one of the best concerts I've ever seen in my life. They were unbelievable. They gave every single, there's a line in almost famous where it's like, all we have to do is get up there and leave a pint of blood on that stage. That's exactly what they did. Um, incredible show after it's over. I'm like, I think we have to, it's like, one in the morning but we yeah. have to and we have an eight hour drive back but we're like i guess we're gonna do this and so um we went backstage and it's just them it's in like a couple like random like you know whatever management booking people it's like they're yeah. a couple of their like people and they're sitting on a couch in the green room with a big screen tv of 2001 which they used to be like thick <laughs> you know like yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah playing backs on playing Tony Hawk pro skater. <laughs> and when we got back there, the, the, the security guy was like, okay, no pictures. Like, give me, give me your, does anybody have a camera here? Give give them to me. And uh, this is before cell phone cameras yeah. and stuff. So, um, we all had the little like disposable, the rent, 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 those cameras. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was like, don't, don't use them. You know, like, can I trust you guys not to use them? We're like, great. Yeah. And he just kept making a point. No cameras. Don't take it. And we're like, what? This is so dumb. But I, I think it's because they were smoking weed. <laughs> but uh, gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. but anyway, so I literally sit on the couch. Uh, my friend is like sitting on like the I sit on the couch next to Kyle Gas and Jack Black is on the other side of him. And then my friends kind of sit like awkwardly on the arm of the couch. And we're and we're just watching them play Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Like they're drenched in sweat from the show. Jack has like a towel around his neck and they're just like dude you broskies came from fucking arkansas how is that what is that like 1300 miles away and we're like it's no it's the next (laughs) he was like he was they were just really funny about the whole thing and they were like and then anyway they they paused the game about 10 minutes later they're they're just bullshitting about 10 minutes later they're like we're like well we do have to go we're gonna drive back tonight and they're like absolutely pause the game came around the couch and like come up to us and they're like dude honestly i cannot believe that you drove this far to see us like genuinely like blown away both both of them man and they're like, okay, here's what we're going to do, guys. What's your names? And we told him our names. And he was like, and Jack Blake goes, okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to make up a secret handshake right now. And next time I see you boys, do the, I'm going to be like, who's this stranger? I don't know this person. You're going to do the secret handshake. And I'll be like, it's Nick from Arkansas. We met in Austin. And he did this whole thing where he was just did bullshit. Yeah. You know, I'm doing a handshake now. And they're like, pull, pulled me in for a hug, gave me the pound. Like, he was like, there it is. I'm going to remember that in my brain. I'm going to remember it. You remember it too. And it's just incredible. Did a whole bit. Kyle Gass did it too. And then when Kyle Gass did it, he was like, I'm going to end it differently. So you'll know that I'm not Jack Black. And you're like making jokes, (laughs) which is very funny. And he leaned in. Kyle Gass pulls me in and he does a very similar thing to Jack. And then he whispers in my ear like he's we're hugging. And he goes, goes, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, you'll remember that, right? You'll remember it. What did I do at the end? Told you I loved you. I love that so much. 
And then, and then what the best part was, he was like, okay, you guys get out of here. Remember no cameras. Jack Black grabs the camera, the, the disposable camera and takes a bunch of selfies really quick. No cameras guys. We don't need cameras back here. Click, 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 handed it back to us. Um, and then we got Where in are the those car. pictures. We got in the car and we were on a high the entire of way. Course. Back. We could not believe that that happened. Um, I don't know where those pictures are. I've never seen them. Wow. Who I, are you okay, with? I'm my friend, Nick and my friend, Brett, and I still am in contact with them. I need to, uh, I need to contact them and see if they ever got those developed. I cannot believe, I, I imagine they would show up on the internet at some point, but my friend Derek was there too. And I remember we left there and I told, we told him that story because Derek and I were, we, he might be listening to this actually, but we, we were like high fidelity fans. So like Jack Black was like, that's the reason I know Jack Black is because of high fidelity. We've talked about yeah. this, but anyway, that, that is the moment in which I was like, I don't know what a that's better, so great. What a better, I don't, I can't imagine what a better interaction with Jack Black would be. Right. Literally. Because even if they do that, I, what I love about that story is even if they do that to every single person they meet, uh, it was rehearsed. exactly word for it word, was just like that. And then you say, I love you. And then you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. even if, even if it's that rehearsed, I'm like, you are giving, like you gave Nick that feel like you're never going to meet Jack Black again. No, he probably knows you're not going to, I mean, he definitely knows like, yeah, we're not going to meet again. I do it like, you know, but that kid's going to go. I had such a unique moment yeah. that that's the best thing ever. Like, I know there are, I don't remember who is the last actor that I heard or a comedian say this, like he doesn't do pictures, Yeah. but they're like, Hey, I don't do pictures, but like, let's talk. I'll talk to you for a second. Like, Hey, how are you? What is, so what are you up to today? Or where, mm. how do you know me or what stuff are you? Oh man, that, that project was so like, he's like, I'd rather have, a two minute genuine interaction than like this, just be a th like a landmark. I think it might have been a picture of Zach Galifianakis or somebody. It was on spot. Yeah, but he doesn't, he doesn't want to stop and talk with people. No, he just doesn't true. want to be taking pictures <laughs> of. There was another guy. It was a younger guy. It wasn't, it wasn't like a bill. It wasn't Bill Hader. I don't think it might've been, but it was someone like that. Cause I think Bill Hader's too mm -hmm. nice. I think he would totally take, I think he would too. the, um, but it's like, yeah, you're totally right. What you want is to go like, I, you, they're gonna remember he gave me, me a gift he gave me a story like i have this story to carry around which is like on and honestly like he didn't even have to do that much but like that personal touch made me a, a, like jack black can do no wrong like i i will love this man for the rest of my life because i mean i would love him anyway because he, he is a national treasure <laughs> yeah of but, course but yeah yeah that, that was that was wild and i've had other moments with celebrities that were pretty cool but like that one is just like the the king of all like that's it, great. I would it, trade my Natalie Portman interaction for that Jack Black interaction. I would just mesh them together and have Natalie Portman whisper, I love you in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like, man, I would totally give Jack Black my phone number. Yeah. <laughs> you, took it, you took it the yeah. other way. Wrong way, wrong That's way. It's okay. We, we both get to have our around, little fantasy around. here. Yeah. Okay, guys, we're going to wrap this episode up. Uh, thanks for listening. If you want to go on social media and follow us and tell us your own celebrity interaction story. Um, I, I love these so much. Um, he is at Dave Wears Black. I am at Nick Flora. We are at Betterman Film Club on Instagram, Betterman Pod on on Twitter. Yeah, the tweets, right? Yep. And then Betterman Film Club at gmail.com if you want to send us a longer message. Um, do it up. Send us stuff. Uh, follow us everywhere. Tell do your it friends. Up. Do it up. Do it up. Hey, big, guys. Big. Do it so, up. Last week, uh, my co-host, David Gregory Sanchez, had the... Um, audacity to throw out a really and also have the, the the movie quote to end the episode with um 
Reveal to us what that was, Dave Gregory. Yes, the quote was, I thought we, I'm going to cut it in half a little bit. There was some before this, but I thought we were going to be together forever. Then, about a week later, right out of the blue, she sends me a John Deere letter, which was uh, Dumb and Dumber. That's right. Dumb and Dumber. I tried to choose a more um, obscure quote. I was going to do the most annoying sound in the world quote, but I figured <laughs> our listeners wouldn't enjoy that. We, would, we, you know, we talked about the Harrison Ford thing a couple episodes ago about how he had a had a like banger like 20 years basically without a without a yeah 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 the mid 90s jim carrey is very similar (laughs) oh absolutely (laughs) like between dumb and dumber and ace ventura and the mask and everything it's just wild it's just really okay here is the one for this week and we'll end it on this just because she likes the same bizarro crap you do doesn't mean she's your soulmate dude